I'm Sarah Simi and this is Pull Out. Uh, today we've got OK magazine. Uh, not OK and High, they must have um, amalgamated at some point. I don't know when, but anyway, this is still OK magazine from February the 7th, 1976, and it's 10p. <laughs> some of the lines on the lines on the front are crushes. Everyone gets them. Here's how to get over them. OK plus 20 OK ways to show him you love him. And Queen, your king size pinup in colour. I'm looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> so diving straight in, we're into We're OK, which is the sort of gossipy um, letters, um, random stuff, <laughs> has to be said. <laughs> this one, <laughs> oh dear, this one made me laugh. This is a little gossipy bit. OK, best boss. Doesn't sound much like doesn't sound much like work at the Johnny Nash household. Johnny's base in this country is in his house in Victoria, London, and he's looked after by three ladies. <laughs> Alison looks after all his press. Coral looks after the record side of things, and Louise, who's twenty, why that's relevant, cooks Johnny all his vegetarian dishes. Quite a trio. I've got a picture, by the way, of Johnny Nash. Should you want to see it? There he is. Um, Johnny sounds like a really okay boss to work for, and the girls have their own office with floral wallpaper at the top of the house, obviously because they're girls. We wouldn't mind pushing the hoover round if he's looking for, for more help. Or maybe we could offer to do the washing up. In fact, we don't mind what it is. How's that for an offer, Johnny? Ah, oh, isn't that lovely in the days when offering to do housework for men was seen as a good thing? <laughs> oh, uh, there's also um, OK bathing bells. So much for being trendy. Donovan has a fine look him up. Donovan has a fine house in Ireland, and he thought he'd like Italian marble in the bathroom to set it off. Well, it looked lovely. The only trouble was when Donovan went to run himself a bath, there was a creak and a groan and a huge splash. Then the entire bath smashed right into the room below. I do like how they make really quite horrific events sound very light-hearted. Apparently, you have to strengthen the floor first, as that kind of marble is so heavy. There's a Gary Glitter alert here, just warning. Meanwhile, Gary Glitter is also doing up his bathroom, and he's got special glass and marble, glass and marble from Italy too. Just hope that Gary doesn't make the same mistake. He could come down to earth with quite a crash as well. <laughs> well, let's not dwell on that. Um, there are some okay messages, which are the most random, random assortment of things I've ever read. <laughs> this one made me laugh. Does anyone know dark-haired Graham Squires? <laughs> he used to live at 385 Presswick Road, South Oxy, Watford, Hearts. He has a sister and two smaller brothers. One of them is Derek. <laughs> Clearly they couldn't be asked to remember who the other one was. If anyone knows him, would they please get in touch? 
with Deborah L at 171 Presswick Road, South Oxy, as soon as possible, dying to hear from him. Obviously, they were neighbours and he's moved away. <laughs> this is before you could stalk people on social media, by the way. <laughs> Wouldn't take long to find dark-haired Graham Squires now, I feel. Uh, this one, contact me, Gary. Does anyone know Gary Whitaker from Sheffield? <laughs> Big place. If so, could you please tell him to contact Dorothy Williams at 45 Glebe Crescent, Mabel, Hairshire. And in case he doesn't remember me, would you please tell him that I was the girl <laughs> who went out with him at Air Butlin's holiday camp and I worked in the big store. <laughs> What's the big store? Uh, please tell him to contact me as soon as possible because I'd love to hear from him. By the way, he is about 22 years old. <laughs> Only about. <laughs> it's fun. I read this one a couple of times and I was like, did I read that right? This is poem to you. <laughs> Gary Femore, I hope you'll reconsider and readjust your claim. Let me have another chance of loving you again. Love, Patsy. And hope that you readjust your claim. Is it some kind of insurance policy? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I really don't understand that. It does sound like insurance, doesn't it? I'm, I'm sure that's not what it is. Anyway, there's also a, um, a quiz on this page. Do you turn the fellas on? I was just going to pick a couple out because they really made me laugh. One of them is a, such a sign of the times is um, uh, number six. When you walk along the street, are you conscious of men's eyes on you? Hey, yes. And the wolf whistles. This was when wolf whistles were considered a good thing. <laughs> B, sometimes you are. C, no. <laughs> Uh, this one's a bit creepy. I thought, do older men suddenly start the gallant act when you appear on the scene? A, if they do, you haven't noticed. B, yes, making proper fools of themselves in the process. And C, rather a lot. <laughs> Seem to. <laughs> this one's a bit sad. At dances, parties, etc., are you always surrounded by fellas? A, well, not exactly surrounded. B, always is the word. C, only when the food rush is on. Oh, <laughs> that's a bit sad. Now, as flagged up on the front cover, uh, we've got a whole article about crushes, how it feels to care for someone so much it hurts. Now, they cover various different things uh, crush-wise. One is having a crush on an older boy, having a crush on a superstar. But I'm going to start with having a crush on another girl. <laughs> oh, let's crack on. Somehow we always seem to get a crush on the wrong people. They are either too old, don't even know we exist, or are of the same sex, which can be particularly misery-making, as 16-year-old Karen Miles found out. I don't know why, but I just started to feel very self-conscious. I hated the way I looked, which didn't help, and never seemed to do anything right, Karen said. Once a week in assembly, one of the six formers reads the lesson, and one morning it was this girl, Linda. <laughs> Honestly, I thought she was marvellous. <laughs> 
she just stood up and read it so confidently. And I know if it had been me, I would have been blushing and stammering. I'm bad enough reading aloud in an English lesson, let alone in front of the school. After that, I started noticing her everywhere, which wasn't hard because she always seemed to be at the centre of things, whereas I'm always on a bit on the outside. Anyway, I suppose I got a bit of a thing about her. Oh, She's everything I'm not, and I wanted to be just like her. I even copied little things about her, like the way she did her hair. She's ever so pretty, a bit like Lindsay DePaul. <laughs> Lindsay DePaul is very attractive. I can see why. And I used to get pleasure out of watching her. I know that sounds a bit silly. She was in the hockey team and I used to go and cheer myself hoarse whenever she was playing. And I really was flattered if she smiled at me. It's quite embarrassing to remember. I did get a bit worried, though, because it seemed unnatural to feel so much for another girl. I, can't, I couldn't imagine having such strong emotions towards another boy. I really wondered if there was something wrong with me. On the last day of summer term, I was so miserable about her leaving that I cried. I couldn't help myself, but everyone thought I was balmy because they were all excited about breaking up. Oh, this is all very sad. <laughs> then I went on holiday to Cornwall with my parents and met a really great boy. <laughs> oh, just when we thought she was a lesbian, don't worry. She's met a boy in Cornwall. We're safe. When September came, I realised that I hadn't thought of Linda for ages. I'm still writing to the boy I met on holiday and looking back, it seems incredible to think it was only last year I had a crush on Linda. <laughs> Oh dear, Linda was binned off for the boy in Cornwall. There we are. Uh, this is about having a crush on a superstar. <laughs> Obviously, the crush is about David Essex. There's lots of pictures of David Essex. He was a handsome man and still is. I'm sure. This is having a crush on a superstar. Maybe the most hopeless sort of crush is the one you share with thousands of other girls who all love the same guy. Sally Martin, 16, is a David Essex fan and finds it a great problem. I just fell in love with David the first time I saw him on top of the pops. I think it's his smile that makes that he's <laughs> that little look he's got that makes me go all weak inside. After I fell for him, all the boys I know see nothing beside him. But I remember I went out with one boy a few times because he wore an earring like David. Ah, I've spent a fortune on him, but I don't care. He's worth all the money in the world. I used to go into the news agents and go through every single ma magazine. And even if there was just a little picture of David, I'd buy it. The walls of my bedroom are covered with pictures of him. And by the bed is this huge poster of him. So he's the last thing I see at night, and the first thing I wake up to in the morning. I've lost count of the number of times I've seen his films. And of course, I've got all his records. Oh, bless her. I try to go to as many of his concerts as I can, too. When he played at the New Victoria, I took a couple of days off school and just hung around the theatre hoping for a glimpse of him. But they smuggled him in, so I never saw him. I was so disappointed. This is, I could only afford to go to one of the concerts, but when he was at Hammersmith, I saved up my money. 
from my Saturday job and went every night. The last night I sat about four rows in from the front and I was laughing and crying because it was so wonderful to be near him. There was one moment when he was waving, but I knew that he smiled and winked at me. He did. I nearly fainted. I don't think he did. <laughs> I don't think David winked at her. You see, although I knew he was married, I'd married, I'd convinced myself that he wasn't happy with his wife. So I tried in the end to make myself into his ideal girl. I stopped smoking <laughs> because I because I'd read that he wasn't keen on girls who smoke. Oh, dear. Suffice to say, she didn't get together with David Essex in the end, if you're wondering. Um, she's moved on now. <laughs> um, the pain was... was um, uh, the, the one. <laughs> then one day I was in the newsagents looking for pictures of him and opened a paper and there was a photo of him and his wife and daughter. Um, it was it was real pain. It hurt so much. The thing is, they look so happy together. They look like a family. So after that, she gives up on the idea. <laughs> I think that's just as well. This um, it's just a bit at the, at the bottom where they've um, asked people in the street um, <laughs> for advice on how to get how to uh, deal with your crush. Um, and I just thought I'd read out what Leslie and Vicky said. Leslie said. I had a crush on Paul Newman once, and I liked him a lot. If you have a serious crush on someone, you know quite well that I think it's a good idea. If you move out of the district, makes things easier all around. I'm sure she didn't live near Paul Newman. I'm a bit confused about that one. <laughs> this one, though. Vicky Squire said, I had a crush on Elvis Presley once, but he's got rather old now. <laughs> I don't know when this was. Rather than have a crush on someone, I prefer to go out with real people <laughs> as opposed to those fictitious people. If I had a crush on someone, I'd try to bump into him and get talking and then get him to ask me out. Well, I think we know all that we are ever going to want to know about crushes. Okay. Good. Uh, this is a little section called What's Okay. I love it, mainly because it's got such some fab 70s graphics in it. And also, I was looking at this and I suddenly remembered how popular Snoopy was. <laughs> There's a It's Okay to be a Snoopy fan because he's lovely. He's lovable and cuddly and adorable and fun. Um, <laughs> in case you don't remember Kojak just show you a picture of Kojak. He was very, very bald. Uh, it's it's okay to watch Kojak because he loves ya, baby, which was his uh, catchphrase. <laughs> it's a really random assortment of things on here. It's not okay not to help your... Well, it's not a double negative. Not to help your mum to wash up. Why should she always do it? Because obviously only mothers ever washed up then. Um, <laughs> yeah, really random assortment of things. It's not okay to talk about a friend behind her back. And it is okay to have your picture taken in a photo booth because it's a lot of fun. <laughs> oh dear, moving on. Right, we're on to the first problem page. <laughs> Obviously my favourite. Uh, not everyone understands you. <laughs> what makes you happy? What makes you sad? Uh, but we do. And this is what this page is for. 
So um, I've got no indication who have answered these problems. So let's just crack on. <laughs> this is a bit of a roller coaster, I'm warning you. How can we tell them? <laughs> yeah, this gets dark quick. All right. How can we tell them? I love my cousin and she loves me. But we don't know how to tell our parents as they just think we get on well together. We'd like to get married and have children. Please tell us if we can. My girlfriend's mother is my mother's cousin. <laughs> Got that, everyone? Now, this is John in Petersfield. There is nothing in the law of this country to stop cousins from marrying and having children. Some religious faiths have different rules. If you are Roman Catholic, for example, you may need a dispensation from your bishop. I expect you would. As for telling our parents, we suggest the most tactful way <laughs> would be to break the news gently rather than rushing at them and saying we want to get married. Perhaps if you build up your relationship gradually, they won't be so surprised and as likely to take it badly. Some people do when something comes as a shock. And we're sure you'll want your family to feel as happy about your relationship and plans as you do. So just take it easy. <laughs> I'm surprised that quite at the at how relaxed that answer was. <laughs> but still. Um <laughs> This is, uh, yeah, sorry, we're really going creepy, full on. Um, yeah, we're so worried. My friends and I at school have quite a problem. We have a new teacher and sometimes he can be quite nice, but other times he makes five of us stay behind at school to do a test. I think we know where this is going. Also, we hasten to add the same five. When we're doing the test, he's constantly coming near us, touching us and stroking us, and we're scared to say anything. We know we deserve staying back for these tests because we hardly ever do our homework, but surely we don't deserve this treatment. <gasps> this is when they thought it was their fault, man. Two of the girls have tried telling their parents, but they seem to think they were telling lies about him. <gasps> what can we do about him? This is desperate stu students in Barnsley. My God, this is a sign of the times, isn't it? The answer seems... Let's see what the answer is. I'm, getting, I'm rather intrigued. The answer seems quite easy. Do your homework. Oh, then you won't have to stay for tests. Does she really think that's what it's about? Oh, honestly, though, are you sure you're not exaggerating a little bit? He may be, he may be very self-conscious of the fact that he's a young man. And you five are all attractive young women. But we're sure he wouldn't actually make a pass at you seriously when there were so when so many there in the room when there are so many there in the room with you. But if his behaviour's a problem, then there can be no harm in telling him to keep his hands to himself. You don't have to be rude, but politely firm. If you don't feel you could do this, then have a word with another teacher, one of similar status to him in the school, and we expect that'll do the trick. Oh, my God, I can't believe that she's actually saying do your work and then he won't be creepy towards you. I don't think that's the answer. Um, what's this? <laughs> this is he never takes me out. My boyfriend, Chris, thinks more of the TV than he does of me. He never takes me out. And one night I really needed to talk to him. But all he could say was, what's wrong? I'm missing the film. Could this be a hint? And if so, what should I do? 
oh, Madeline in London, I think you'll find that's just all men. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you. Um, <laughs> uh, we don't think it's, it's a hint so much as an omen of things to come. If you've been going steady with Chris, uh, for, <laughs> Chris for sometimes it could be that he's one of those boys and men who want nothing more than a quiet life. Not for them is the gay social world. And gay meant something quite different. Gay social world. <laughs> the life full of fun and friends. They're the stay-at-home types. The sort who'd rather have a quiet evening in than a riotous evening out. Often they find other people's problems rather disturbing. Their peace too. And so resent them a bit. <laughs> he sounds like miserable bastard would be my anyway maybe we're wrong maybe chris really is a jolly soul i don't think he is but he doesn't sound much like it and unless you really want to share your boy with a tv set <laughs> and unless you're really good at keeping your problems buttoned up you should try for a more active social life you don't necessarily have to finish with chris i would um, but you may <laughs> might often try going out with other friends more often Maybe he'll take the hint then and see that there is more to life than the big film. Oh, just sounds like a bore. Um, I think this is the next one. I think they're still in love. I've been going out with Pete for just over five months and everything was fine until Adele came back on the scene. <laughs> oh, Pete had been going out with her on and off before, on and off before, and each time it was Adele who finished with Pete. Keep up with the names. Now I'm sure he still likes her because every time we go to a dance, when she's there, he he always ends up going all quiet and wanting to go home. I've heard that Adele wants to go back with Pete, and this terrifies me as I'm sure that he'll finish with me sooner or later, and he'll go back to her. He has told me not to worry, but I can't help it. What should I do? That's Bren in Lancaster. Oh, dear. This sort of situation can be very worrying, can't it? Particularly emotions are so unpredictable and unreliable. But we somehow don't think that Pete is in love with Adele. <laughs> we think she might well have hurt him once too often. Oh, dear. So, <clears throat> basically, yeah. Uh, she's just telling telling her to move on, telling Bren to move on. It'll all be fine. This last one is I keep thinking about him. A few months ago, I played in a large band, which was made up from five small bands. <laughs> I don't know why in any way that's relevant, but good to know. Karen Whetstone in London. There is a really good a really great looking boy there and he kept looking at me and trying to talk to me but there was always someone there so he didn't get the chance when I got home I tried to tell myself that it was just a crush and that I would soon forget him but I haven't and all the time I'm thinking of him all I know is that he goes to school in Harrow he's tall and thin and has blonde hair and he plays the brass in a brass band that band that was a big band made out of five bands keeping count i really do miss him and i'm even getting mopey about him what can i do oh karen we hope if this boy or anyone who recognizes him from your description well it wasn't much of a description was it, it comes from arrow not narrowing things down 
reads this and tells him that you'll manage somehow to get together. But the chances are a bit remote, you don't say. You see a boy you fancy <laughs> like mad, but don't manage to find anything out about him. Lose touch with him before you even get to know him. You won't forget him, but do try and take an interest in your social life, and maybe he won't seem to be quite so important after a little while. Try to cheer up too and get out and meet other boys. A real-life fella is often a lot better than a memory, however wonderful. Still, you never know, he might turn up. He's not going to. <laughs> uh, this is okay, you said it. When If you've got something to say, here's when you can tell us all about it. <laughs> God, I'd forgotten just how much everything is in black and white. Man, it's dreary. You do start yearning for some colour halfway through this magazine. Anyway, this is um, a letter from Deborah Collins in Kent. And uh, I just thought it was rather sweet, this letter, because it reminded me of decorating my bedroom when I was a child. And, um, yeah, it's just quite sweet. OK ideas for an OK room. They do like to shoehorn OK into everything, I've just had my bedroom decorated and I wondered what I could do with my bedroom door, which looked very dull and boring. <laughs> I don't know how doors normally look exciting, but then I came up with an idea. I got together all my old OKs, as in OK magazines, and postcards, and I cut out all the colourful covers, rollers pigs, that's the Bay City rollers, in case you don't know, and beauty and fashion articles, and stuck them on the door, after getting permission from my parents, of course. So, so that the paint underneath doesn't show through. Now it really looks bright. <laughs> That's just sticking crap on a door. <laughs> but nice. She's happy about it, and I think that's what's important. Um, on the next page, this is an occasional feature by Sally. It's as I may have mentioned before. It's just Sally picking out men that she fancies, which you know I don't hold her against, but um. <laughs> Uh, but yeah it's just men that she fancies um so, this is what sally says i'm really going to start off with two of my very favorite men ever and you can take it as gospel they're yummy <laughs> the first is steve harley as in steve harley and cockney rebel and the more i see of him the more i fall madly in love with him for a start he's so beautiful but it's not only his looks he also seems such a nice approachable sort of guy too god she's really got a crush isn't she he manages to combine all that flash style a pop star should have with genuine softness and understanding, which must be pretty difficult once you get swept up in showbiz. Oh, no. I wonder if having polio as a child had anything to do with it. I know that's not funny, but did she need to put that in in the middle? I wasn't ready for that. He got it when he was only two and a half and he couldn't walk a step without crutches until he was eight. Oh, I don't think she need mention. But Steve got over it, which shows incredible determination and bravery. And maybe it's that quality in him that still makes him something special. Personally, I thought his last single, Black or White, was fantastic. Although I know it had a very mixed reception from other people. Oh, she don't have to take us on a roller coaster, doesn't she, Sally? Like him, don't like him, other people. Uh, really quite the roller coaster. Um, 
Apparently, a film was made of part of Steve's last British tour, which is going to be released sometime soon, if it hasn't been already. Can't wait for it to come my way. I like the way they don't know when things have been released or not. <laughs> Didn't have quite the PR people that we do now. Um, this is someone else that she fancies. Now, I have to say, I'm a little bit concerned that she fancies him. But this is supersonic white. <laughs> With the white hair. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think he's about 70. Why does she fancy him? Anyway, I expect you've all been watching Supersonic, which certainly lives up to its name. But have you noticed the lovely fella in the background giving the directions? <laughs> He's the one with the long white hair and sort of smart yet trendy gear. He's called Mike Mansfield. I saw some pictures of him in the paper not so long ago and he looks pretty supersonic too. Mike, let's get a longer look at you. To be honest, I think Sally's gone a bit pervy. <laughs> Why she fancies him? He does look about 70. Oh, maybe she likes an older man. I don't know. That's fine. The last one is funny if you watched Carry On films, as I did a lot. Uh, a word of warning. Don't give in to your mum and gran and take them to see Carry On Behind like I did. It's meant to be hilarious, but either I haven't got a sense of humour or it isn't funny. <laughs> I'm going to go with you haven't got a sense of humour. How could you not find Carry On films funny? There's an odd spark of fun in the shape of Bernard Breslau, who must be one of the most enormous men around. But that's about all. Sally Coddle. <laughs> oh, what a weird assortment of men. Oh, I can't believe she's ended on Bernard Breslau. That's classic. I've just come to a really nice fashion spread. This is, and this is a bit of a pull-out kind of double-page fashion spread. Um, which I was particularly enjoying. Um, one of the things I thought was so sweet, and again, so different from um, from the way it was. First of all, there's... Um, uh, there's uh, it's just so sweet that it's like, it's not such fast fashion. It's all about keeping things. It's about making stuff. And here there's a don't throw away last year's summer trousers that are now too short. Or if your denims have started to fray around the bottoms, update them into a pair of OK Bermudas. I don't know why they have to be OK Bermudas, just Bermuda short. Cut them to just below the knee, turn them up three inches on the inside and then turn them out one and a half inches on the outside for a neat pair of turn ups. <laughs> These are great, too from Alistair Cowan. I don't know what else, what that is. But yeah, nice. Recycling your um, your trousers. Also, this is <laughs> this is making your own brooches. <laughs> and so you this is really weird. You make your own brooches by cutting out um, images and then sticking them onto some cardboard. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's all a bit strange. And stick onto a safety pin with a blob of glue to make a badge. I don't know if you can see those on her on her dungarees. All a bit strange. <laughs> I don't quite know how that's achievable. Anyway, 
interesting. Uh, this is, <laughs> this made me laugh, as this is a big promotion for a band called Stevenson's Rocket. Watch out, they're going to be huge, huge this year, and that's okay by us. <laughs> they didn't become huge, did they? Because none of you know who Stevenson's Rocket is. <laughs> so, yeah, they didn't make it big, unfortunately. Here they are. Um, they're, I don't, <laughs> they're a lovely boy band. Um, <laughs> and what I particularly like in this is that they've, they've sort of interviewed each one. <laughs> But the things that I've mentioned are really weird. And also, they're very specific about their height and weight. As if it's kind of a report to a doctor rather than an interview for a magazine. Anyway, um, this is so one of the one of them, this is Kevin Harris, is 17 and his birthday is on May the 30th. He was born at Leamington Spa. He has brown hair and his eyes are green. Kevin is 1.68 metres or 5 foot 6 tall and weighs 57 kilograms, 9 stone. Kevin is the lead singer. <laughs> I like that we had it in both metric. <laughs> metric and imperial, that's lovely. <laughs> oh, his favourite singers are David Bowie, Elton John, Paul McCartney and John Lennon. He's... <laughs> His pet likes are, I was going to say, gorillas. Ha <laughs> but I'll change that to motorbikes. <laughs> His hobbies are playing football and going out with girls. His favourite colour is blue. And his favourite food, I love eating a good plate of fish and chips. <laughs> oh, next one, Stephen Bray is 17 and his birthday is on March the 17th. He was born in Coventry and he has brown hair and green eyes. Steve is 1.73 metres, 5 foot 8 inches tall and weighs 54.5, so accurate, 54.5 kilos or 8 stone, 8 pounds. He plays drums and a guitar. His favourite groups are Status Quo, Bitter Beatles and Deep Purple. His favourite food is steak and chips and his hobbies are playing guitar and girls. Don't really know why girls are a hobby. Anyway, he um he likes Ferrari cars and animals. <laughs> His ambition is to meet Prince Charles. <laughs> meet Prince Charles and have a house in the country. <laughs> um, I just want to find out somebody else's vital statistic. So I don't know about you. David Reed is nineteen, and his birthday is September the twentieth. He was born in Banbury, Oxon. And he has brown hair and blue eyes. Dave is 1.7 metres, 5 foot 7 tall. They're all quite short, or is it just me? And weighs 61 kilos, 9 stone, 8 pounds. <laughs> he plays organ, piano and synthesizer. <laughs> Favourite food, any kind of meat. <laughs> How unsophisticated. Delightfully unsophisticated. He likes meat, jelly, cream, and meringues. <laughs> Not all at the same time, one hopes. He likes drawing, sports, going out with girls, and cars. So all of their hobbies are going out with girls. He likes, oh, he. I love Coca-Cola, especially first thing in the morning. <laughs> 
I wouldn't take any dietary advice from David Reed, if I were you. Um, he hates uh, tea, coffee and sugar. I don't know. He's probably getting enough sugar from the Coca-Cola. I don't like cabbage either. And I, I don't like windy, rainy days that make me feel miserable. His ambition is to meet the Queen. <laughs> oh, to meet the Queen or Keith Emerson or the Beatles in any order. <laughs> I'm sure the Queen would have been delighted to have known that someone that never made it in a band wanted to meet her. Um, <laughs> I'm really enjoying these. So look, Alan Twig is 19 and his birthday is on September the 9th. He was born in Coventry and has brown hair and blue eyes. He's 1.68 metres, 5 foot 6 tall. Oh, they don't tell me how much he weighs. Oh, I'm really disappointed. Just that he plays the bass guitar and drums. Oh, I really wanted to know how much he weighed. We'll never find out. Um, he likes to eat chicken, apple pie and custard. He likes swimming, football and going fishing. He doesn't like loud music. <laughs> oh, they obviously didn't find out how much he weighed. The last one in the band is Michael Croshaw, or Mick, is 20 and his birthday is on June the 7th. He was born in Coventry and has brown hair and blue eyes. Michael weighs 67 kilos, 10 stone, 8 pounds, and he is 1.73 metres, 5 foot 8 tall. He plays guitar and piano. His favourite groups are Focus, 10cc and the Beatles. His favourite colour is blue. <laughs> and his favourite food, I like eating sausage, egg and chips best. Well, don't we all? <laughs> it's so unsophisticated, isn't it? Um, I enjoy reading good novels and taking girls out. Yeah, well, there's no surprise there. I'd, uh, his ambition, I'd like to have my own private recording studio and I'd like to be happily married. I'd also like to meet John Lennon. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I wonder whatever happened to Stevenson's rocket. I guess we'll never know. Uh, just a quick ad I've picked out. Um, it's entitled New Places, New Friends. Um, and it's from the Youth Hostelling Association. And I just thought the pictures was so sweet. It's a black and white picture of a girl with one leg over a, <laughs> over a style. <laughs> one of the great things about hostelling is that you'll meet people from all over the world. Talking about their travels, strangers soon become friends. There are youth hostels in beautiful areas of the countryside all over England and Wales, in famous cities and by the sea. And there's a lovely, there's just a little form that you can fill in to find out more about youth hostelling. Isn't that nice? I just thought that was a really cute little ad. Anyway. Oh, we're on to the problem page, my favourite. Um, this is okay, it's a fact of life. <laughs> can I just say one of the things I love more than anything about letters is the way they mention people's names. It's not relevant or, or it, there's just no reason for it, but I love it. Um, it's just my favourite thing anyway, cracking on with the first letter Roy and I have decided to make love <laughs> who's Roy? I want to meet Roy Roy and I have decided to make love but our problem is contraception if he wears a sheath without using any sperm killing creams or anything is it possible for me to get pregnant? this is the answer oh it's Pat, Pat Grant's answering Properly used, a sheath on its own without any additional cream, etc., is a very reliable form of contraception, though it does have drawbacks as well as advantages. 
Firstly, you have to use it properly, which means that the man has to put it on before lovemaking begins. Ooh, lovemaking. <laughs> uh, which some people find a bit clumsy and inconvenient. You have to put it on carefully because the effectiveness of this method relies on the fact that every single sperm released by the man is caught in the sheath. And so even the smallest tear or hole can allow sperm through. You have to be careful when the man removes his penis from the vagina because if he leaves the contraceptive behind, some sperm may escape. Uh, uh, may escape from it into the girl's vagina, an additional risk of pregnancy. In theory, using a sperm killing cream should reduce any small risks left because of your, of your becoming pregnant. Because if any of the aforementioned disasters should occur, God, Pat is half a bit long-winded sometimes, isn't she? <laughs> should occur um, then a backup contraception has already been used but if you find using the sheath and the sperm killing cream too tedious don't for heaven's sake take any risks use another equally or even more reliable method of contraception instead my advice actually is that, oh well thanks for telling us now is that you go to your family planning clinic and have a chat there with your doctor he or she will be happy. God, I'm surprised they said she. Normally doctors were just men in those days. He or she will be happy to talk to you about any and all methods of contraception available, both those on and off prescription. Good. Now, what's... <laughs> oh, this is just all about the pill, really. Anyway, but this one's quite a laugh. My boyfriend and I are getting engaged soon and we both want to make love. <laughs> I'm really beginning to take to this making love description. Uh, anyway, we want to make love. I've been told by my doctor that I will not be strong enough to have a baby for a few years yet as I have had a bad chest. Oh, and I'm underweight. Jim insists. I told you it was a name coming up. Jim insists that I go on the pill. Who's Jim? We assume the boyfriend we don't know. Jim insists that I go on the pill. He says it's that or we won't take a chance because he won't take any precautions. Oh, screw him. He said if I get pregnant, he won't allow me to get rid of the child and I wouldn't want to either. He sounds a charmer. I'd get rid of Jim fairly quickly if I were you. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I don't know much about the pill or how it works. And if it's difficult to get to a family planning clinic, could you give me some more information about the pill before I consider going on it? I am really much too shy to talk to my doctor about this. Oh, I'd say just get rid of Jim. <laughs> but I expect Pat will say something else. Pat says, I do understand your problem, but I think that in your case, it is absolutely vital that you speak to your doctor. You see, you have medical reasons, not just social and moral reasons <laughs> for not risking pregnancy just yet. And here's the best person to advise you. You can't just walk into a chemist shop anyway and buy the pill. It must be prescribed for you by a doctor, whether you go to your own doctor or to a family planning uh, doctor. In your case, I would suggest you see your own doctor as he will have your full medical background available. Honestly, you won't find him difficult to talk to. Once you've made your mind up to go along and see him, he's used to dealing with delicate, embarrassing problems like yours, and he will understand how you feel. But you mustn't take any risks, and he may feel that you would be better suited to a different but equally reliable form of contraception rather than the pill. And only he can say which one, not me. Oh, all right, Pat. So 
go soon, then you can look forward to your married life without worrying. Yeah, don't marry Jim. <laughs> um, this one is, oh, it's a sweet little one. Maybe this will sound silly to you, but to me, it's the most important thing in my life. How do you kiss a boy <laughs> as opposed to a girl? <laughs> I think someone wrote a song about that. Um, please help me because every time someone asks me out, I have to say no because I'm afraid I'll have to kiss him. Please tell me how to do something that seems as easy as walking to everyone else. <laughs> uh, what does Pat say? Pat's going to labour the answer, isn't she? Pat says, kissing may be easy as walking to some people, but explaining how you do it to someone certainly isn't. Basically, though, it is it is something that isn't as complicated nor as special as it may seem, even though it is a very intimate and adult way of expressing affection. You know, I expect how you kiss someone in the or no, what does it say? You know, I expect how you kiss someone in the ordinary way. This doesn't make sense, Pat. Never mind. Well, kissing a boy is rather like that. I'm really confused, but a little more intimate and involved. You don't say, Pat. For a start, you kiss him on the lips instead of on the cheek or wherever you usually kiss a member of your family. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Sorry. That's uh, really made me laugh. Um, anyway, that's the first difference, really. You might kiss a member of your family different to your boyfriend. You don't say. Um, that's the first difference, though. Next, you hold the kiss for rather longer. How long depends on you and the boy that you're kissing. Some people like to kiss in a rather special way. Oh, God, what's this going to be? Pushing their tongues into each other's, into each other's mouths. <laughs> this is a rather sophisticated form of kissing, and not everyone likes to do it. <laughs> It's very sophisticated. That's the theory behind it. But I suggest that you improve your knowledge by practice. It's the only way that you'll be able to learn. <laughs> well, Pat didn't shy away there, did she, from the explanation? <laughs> oh, the last one on this page. <laughs> this made me laugh. Oh, the question is, I am uncertain of how many boys you can sleep with before you catch VD. <laughs> this is very worrying as I am quite attractive and several boys have asked me to sleep with them. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm uncertain of how many you can sleep with before you get VD. <laughs> oh, I expect Pat will have a sharp word about this, won't she? Pat says, it isn't a question of how many boys you, you can sleep with before you catch VD. If you sleep with one boy only and on, on one occasion only and he's got VD, then you'll catch it. <laughs> and the more often you sleep around and have casual sex, the higher the chances of you catching a venereal infection. These thoroughly unpleasant diseases must be treated and dealt with properly. <laughs> at the special clinic of your local hospital. But casual sex doesn't just increase your chances of catching VD. It also means that you could become pregnant, a tragedy of equal proportion to catching a sexually transmitted disease. All right, Pat, ease up. <laughs> Go 
Oh, she's a bit serious today, isn't she? So my advice is not to have sex with anyone until you are absolutely certain that you are ready for it. Mm, Pat's really, Pat's really being sensible today. <laughs> so we're uh, just about at the end of this magazine. I just wanted to pick up on an ad, which I particularly like. It's a real full page colour ad uh, for eggs. <laughs> Um, it's actually it's a, uh, the sunny side of the plate. Take some eggs and grab your pan. Spread some butter on four doorsteps. The taste is simply great on the sunny side of the plate. Um, so, yeah, sorry, I think I was supposed to sing that. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, it's, this was issued by the British Egg Information Service. <laughs> and it's just a nice um, recipe, really, to cook some eggs with an onion, um, a can of red peppers. Again, this is when canned food was important, not fresh. Canned peppers. Oh, olives. That's quite groovy for the 70s. That's quite forward thinking. Um, eggs, crusty, <laughs> crusty bread and butter with mixed herbs. It looks quite nice, actually. Uh, and lastly, our ad on the back cover is take the drag out of blow drying. Um, nothing to do with drag as we may think of it now. Uh, so it's an idea so good it had to be from Weller. Blow dry, blow dry protects your hair from the drying, dragging effects you can get from just using a brush and hair dryer. There's a lovely picture of a girl doing her hair in the mirror. She's got a particularly lovely 70s hairdo. It's fabulous. Anyway, if you want more details, you can get a free leaflet, Blow Drying Made Easy, <laughs> by writing to Annabelle Scott. I don't know who Annabelle Scott is. Weller Hair Care Centre, Basing Soap, Hands. That's it. That's how you get your information before the internet. <laughs> anyway, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Full Out. That was OK Magazine from February the 7th, 1976. See you next time.